Good morning and God bless you. Good to see everybody and welcome. Glad you're here. My name is Travis. I'm the campus pastor at Rock Church Point Loma, but I know that we are gathered all across the county and even outside the county in Oahu. So I do want to say hello to everybody in the room in Point Loma, but also those in Chula Vista, our campus in City Heights, San Marcos, El Cajon, and Rock Church Oahu. And everybody joining us online, let's greet the family Rock Church. Come on, clap your hands. Say hello to everybody. Our guests, our friends, our first timers, glad you're with us. Uh, We are continuing in our series called We Need to Talk. Everybody say, We Need to Talk. We need to talk, and we have been talking about a a number of different topics, and we're going to continue this over the next several weeks. We started with three weeks on the Holy Spirit. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, And then we began last week with three messages on the topic of anxiety and depression. And we want to get you all the resources that you need through this series, because we're talking about it, but how many know sometimes after you talk, you have the talk, you got to go process the talk. Come on, how many, you just got to go, I got to process this, I got to unpack it for myself and go home and reflect and pray. And so you can text the letters WNTT, it stands for We Need to Talk, to 52525, and we have some great resources on that site for you. Uh, Last week, we uploaded a little stress test. How many took the stress test? Hopefully that was helpful for you. Go take the stress test, go check it out. You can kind of do this little self-assessment. Where am I at? Where am I at, How, how how am I doing? And there are some great resources that I've, I've been using to help me get ready over these next few weeks. Uh, some books on there. One's called Putting an X Through Anxiety. Another one's called Out of the Cave, or, or one that Vanessa bought a couple years ago that we've been using. I, I love this book. It's called uh, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. And, and all of that is just, just is kind of uh, people sharing their story and testimony and pastors their perspective on this topic of anxiety and depression. But we're going to get into God's word. That's where we got the answers from, the Holy Spirit. But use those as resources to help yourself and then just send it to people. If they need help, they have questions about anxiety, depression, the Holy Spirit, or anything else that we talk through in the next few weeks, send it to them. Can I get an amen? Amen. Also, um, uh, uh, Summer is Ours is kicking off this next week, next Friday. I, I got to speak at Summer is Ours la- last year. It was incredible. Over a thousand young people, students from all across the county come together. And uh, it's one of our, 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 our biggest things we do in the summer. And so uh, students come out for it. Parents, send your st- students to Summer is Ours. I think you can text the word summer to 52525. Uh, and we also need team members to sign up and help us care for these kids and serve them on Friday at our first kickoff event of Summer of Zars called uh, uh, Launch Party. No, that's not it. It's called, I don't know. Go text Summer to 52525. I just went blank. But you can, you can, Block Party. Thank you, Pastor Santi, our executive pastor. Block Party. Launch Party, Block Party, Shop Party. I don't, you know what I mean? It kind of just blends together after a while. Uh, go check it out. Um, here's how we got to today, our, our topic on anxiety and depression. We did a survey a couple months ago, and we asked you, our church, hey, what topics do you want to hear us preach about? And the number one result came back was anxiety and depression. 55% of you said, we, we, want, we need help around this area. What does God's word have to say about anxiety and depression? 55% of you. So thank you for sending that feedback. We went through the stats, and, and I'll read a few to you, and I got some new ones that I didn't share last week, but um, some recent stats say that over the last two to three years, divorce filings have gone up 25%. Shout out Marriage Getaway. We got like 80 spots left. You can still sign up. Uh, Antidepressant medicine went up 300%. Mental health hotline went up 900%. The CDC said that one out of every five students has considered suicide. And that's not just in the last two years. That's like every month, one out of five students is thinking about taking their life. Don't take your life. 
Don't tr- tr- trust God, don't take your life. And the stats for the adults aren't that much better. It's one out of every 10 adult thinks about taking their life. And then psychology today said that Gen Z, that, that is age 16 to 24 right now, with all the technology we have in the world, we're the most techno- te- technologically advanced society ever. But yet Gen Z will be and is the most isolated and lonely part of the world in history. Gen Z, 16 to 24, the most lonely generation in history. And so here's what we know for sure. Everyone's going through, some, going through something. Everyone's going through some sort of issue. It, it, it's a, it's a, maybe you walked in because on Friday, someone broke your heart. Relationship ended. Maybe you did that to somebody else and you're having a hard time dealing with it. Maybe someone at one of our campuses, you just lost a job and now the job is gone and the money is a problem. Maybe there's an addiction that's just eaten you up inside and it's gotten you down to a place where now I'm taking one addictive thing and I'm exchanging it for another addictive thing and I'm in this cycle that's just got me filled with anxiety because people, people know that I'm struggling and now I'm spinning into depression. Maybe as a student, you got bullied at school and you're in summer. You love summer as ours, but summer will end and you gotta go back to class. Maybe that thought of, man, the, the kid's there. It's just overwhelming you. Maybe you've been getting bullied online. I don't know what the issue is. Maybe it's a, a family crisis, an unexpected health problem. There's so many reasons why we could be in anxiety depression. It was about two years ago that Vanessa and I found ourselves at our kitchen island and we're sitting there and she's crying and, and I'm crying. Two, two and a half years ago, we were dealing with um, her teaching through uh, distance learning as a first grade teacher. She's been teaching for 15 years, but this was uncharted territory. And he had little, little kids with no shirts, eating Cheetos in class, just, just, just all out there, just strange, it's a strange world, distance learning. But the expectation of being a great teacher and the parents and them and trying to help them and having to go through things we've never done before. And, and she's feeling a bit of overwhelming pressure that I'm feeling this pressure, not into her, but just, I, I wanna help. And we're just, what are, we've, we've felt this before. I felt the anxiety. I felt the, the, the depressive moments and seasons in my life. And so I thought, man, we, we, we need to pray. Everyone's going through something. So all of our campuses, would you stand together with me? We're gonna read God's word. Let's stand together and give this topic our full attention. Because I believe someone will be set free in Jesus' name today. I believe someone is gonna be set free from this pit called anxiety and depression, and it deserves our attention. I don't want to give it more credit than it deserves, but it deserves our attention. There's a man named Paul, and he went through everything. He was shipwrecked, he was beat, he was almost stoned to death, he was put in prison over and over again, he was bit by a viper. And in in this this occasion, I'm gonna read quickly to you in Philippians 4, he's sitting in a prison shackled, and he had been whipped over and over and over, beaten. Jesus uh, received the cat of nine tails, 39 lashes before he went to the cross because 40 would have killed him. Paul received that lashing, 39 whippings, five different occasions. And then he's sitting in this prison and you would think, man, this guy should be sad, depressed, discouraged, ready to take his own life. But what does he do? He writes a letter to a church to encourage him. And this is what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to to all, the Lord is near, and do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's our prayer. So Heavenly Father, we pray to you today. We're petitioning you. We're presenting our request to you. There is anxiety and depression in the room. We thank you, Lord, that even though the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, you came to give us life and life abundantly. And so would you set us free? In Jesus' name we pray. Someone shout amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Give God some praise. Go ahead and grab a seat. Grab a seat. Uh, So last week, I introduced the story of Elijah. And Elijah was an Old Testament prophet, maybe the most significant of all the prophets in the Bible. And in this story we're going to read in 1 Kings, and I introduced him last week, he uh, confronts King Ahab. And Elijah prophesies and tells him about this coming drought. Ahab's upset, sends an army after Elijah. Elijah's on the run for three years, but God protects him every single step uh, of the way. And on one occasion, Elijah is confronted by 850 false prophets sent by King Ahab, and they're, they're angry at him. And so Elijah calls down fire from heaven and God wipes out all 850 of these false prophets. Ahab's wife, Queen Jezebel, hears about this and she sends a mean tweet. She says, I'm gonna kill you. And she sends a messenger and says, I'm gonna take you out. I'm coming for your life. If you're not dead by this time tomorrow, may they do with me what I wish was done to you. And Elijah, in the story in 1 Kings chapter 19, he runs for his life, and as I spoke on last week, he makes five mistakes. Someone say five. Five. He makes five critical mistakes that we often make that leads him to the spot of anxiety and depression. By the way, if you missed that message, I want you to go back, go to our our, our YouTube channel, maybe you subscribe, get all the stuff we're putting out, it's great stuff. Go back and watch it, and get those five things that, that lead you to this place, five mistakes that Elijah made that can lead you to anxiety and depression And and I explained last week that any one of those mistakes can get you drowning in this pit called anxiety and depression. But today, I want to teach the second part of the story in 1 Kings 19, and I want to try and help everybody step out of the pit. In fact, that's the title of today's message, Step Out of the Pit. Step out of the pit. Find the best-looking person next to you and tell them, let's get to stepping. Let's get to stepping. Hopefully, you don't got to look too far. Let's get to stepping. Have you ever noticed that children, small children, recover more quickly than adults? All the parents said amen. And I'm not talking about teenagers. I don't have teenagers. I don't have that experience, but I have small children. But I've noticed that small children tend to recover quickly. I'm not lying. Uh, um, if they, if they, they make a mistake, they're sad, they get in trouble, but then they, they cried off a little bit and, they get, and they're just ready to go right away. They, they're, they're back. They bounce back. As a parent, if you make a mistake and you have to apologize to your... By, by the way, parents, apologize to your kids. It's okay to admit you, you messed up. Model forgiveness to them. That's okay. You're not the source of all knowledge. God is. And so if, if you make a mistake as a parent, you got you know what? I'm just... I, I, mommy missed that. Dad missed that. I, I apologize. Would you forgive me? They're just like, yeah, I love you so much. They bounce back so quick, they forgive quickly, they don't hold grudges. Or maybe if they're, they're, they're skating or they're, they're running and they, and they fall and they hit their knee, by the time you get to them, they're already back up, aren't they? 
just ready to go, just, just brushing it off. Well, this past week, my daughter was at Dance Nationals, and she does tap dancing and a few different things, and she was with her, her, her group of girls, her studio. And uh, th- this past year, on one of the performances that she qualified to get the Nationals for, uh, she slipped. And these, these uh, tap shoes are real slick, and so you can be, you know, ba 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 ba, wham, just like that, real quick. And she fell, and she, she, and, but she fell and got right back up and kept dancing, and my wife was like, oh no. And you know what, she came back and she told Vanessa, and Vanessa told me, this is what my daughter said, she goes, mom, did you see when I fell, I got right back up. Do you think they're gonna give me extra points for being brave? <laughs> no, you, you need to be in politics, because you spun that whole thing. Like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. What happened to someone else this week at Nationals, the place where you're just on your best, like you gotta bring it. Come on, girls, bring it. They're hyped up, they're in the back, group, group dances. And, and one of the girls, same thing, bam, slipped on, on, uh, uh, off her, uh, her, her shoe uh, on her bottom and bounced right back up, kept dancing, w- w- was brave. And we're thinking, oh no, are the girls gonna be upset because they messed up the group dance? Is she gonna be discouraged because she fell? Is she gonna be mad because you know, the parents, we didn't scuff up the shoes good enough for her and she slipped, she kept, no, no. She got back up, she kept dancing. They won the, they won the dance. They won the performance, it was incredible. <laughs> but then it happened again, oh my goodness. This time to a, a solo dancer and this young girl, she was dancing and they'll do three, four, five dances, San Marcos, El Cajon, and, and maybe some of your kiddos dance, I don't know, but this one girl doing a solo and brand new tap shoes. And she's just, ba 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 Ba, 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 ba. And she, no, she didn't slip. I'm sorry, her shoe flew off. <laughs> it's like, which is another level of error. <laughs> like it was one of the in the fall, but the shoe fell off. And they're, they're changing costumes, so that's, you know, that's common. Just get you to put it on. And one of the shoes fell off. Maybe, maybe mom or dad or someone in the back didn't tie it good enough. And, and that girl, she just kept, you know, ba, ba, da, 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 da. just kept going, kept going. And you like how I did that a little bit? Huh? Little, little, come on now. And then, so she comes back and same thing. She just smiled on her face and she ranked in the top 10 overall for those, the tap dancers her age. Come on, give her a hand, that's awesome. It's incredible. All of these examples are examples of mistakes that had the potential to really hurt. I mean, I mean to, to really, really hurt, but the girls made the decision, I wanna keep going and I need to get up. So here, here's my sermon in a sentence and I got a lot of good stuff today, so I want you to get it. The mistakes I made yesterday may have put me in the pit, but the decisions I make today can help step me out. The mistakes I made yesterday may have put me in the pit, but the decisions that you make today have the potential to help you step out. I wanna give you five decisions today that help us step out of the pit. Here's number one. You wanna step out of the pit? Step into a physical recovery. I wanna keep reading the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'm gonna pick up we left off last week in verse five because the story goes one way and ends another. In 1 Kings 19, verse five, then Elijah, he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel tells Elijah, you're not gonna make it in this condition. You got places to go, but not like this. You need a physical recovery. Eat some carbs, come on. Take a nap. Eat some more carbs, 
take another nap. Uh, this past Mother's Day, we, we sent my wife and, and her cousins and her mom and, and, and her, her sisters, everybody to, to one of the houses of the relatives and we all pitched in some money and they turned the house into like a, a, like a all day spa on Mother's Day. And they came out with the, the fuzzy robe and the little slippers on and they were there and, and they had stations. And so there was a masseuse over here, come on. The, the facial person was over here in this room. They had the, 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 the Manny, manicure lady over here. And, and so Manny was over here and Petty was over here. They had everybody. We had the massage, the, the facials, manicures, pedicures, and then uh, you've heard of the, this is a new word, I'm trying to learn it, the charcuterie bur- bu- board. <laughs> Man, this is like, we couldn't have picked an easier word for meat and cheese, you know what I'm saying? My gosh. It's like we had Lunchables, just like. <laughs> That's like a little dish, though. They took the entire kitchen island and made a grazing table. That's what it's called grazing table, nine foot from one end to the other, of just food and grapes and cheese and everything. They're just, ah, and Vanessa came home. She was just glowing. She was just like, I just feel so good. Just feel so good. Felt amazing. Amen. Amen. Every single one of us needs to take a physical recovery from time to time. Everybody, your, your campus, everybody online from season to season, you can't neglect you. You got to honor the temple that God gave you and, and you may need to get a good meal. You may need to get some carbs in your life. You may need to go outside and take a relaxing walk. Maybe go laugh at a good movie. Maybe have a great conversation. Maybe go take a nap. Maybe take two. Maybe you need to do something physical because that restores you and brings you life. Go play golf. Go work out. That helps me feel better. Everyone from time to time needs to do something that physically brings you life and helps you recover. I love Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Before God does any spiritual work with Elijah, he restores him physically. He says, you look hangry, have a Snickers. Amen. You wanna get out of the pit? Start by stepping into a physical recovery. Here's the second thing. Number two, you wanna step out of the pit, step into God's presence. Step into God's presence in 1 Kings 19, verse 9. It says, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. And what are you doing here, Elijah? Who, me? Nothing. Just hanging around. A few of you got that. Man. So what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. I'm just so sad. I'm just so angry. I'm just anxiety, Lord. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle, gentle whisper. I remember when uh, Vanessa and I got married, our wedding was, was an absolute whirlwind. And how many remember your, your, your wedding day? Maybe it felt like that. And we went big. We, we didn't go small. And ha- if we could do it differently, we probably would. But uh, man, we went big back in, in June 10th, 2012. And we had 250 guests for us. That was big enough. And, and we had the, you know, the, the limo bus. And uh, we had uh, 18 people in our wedding bridal party. 
She had nine uh, bridesmaids. I had nine groomsmen. I had three best men. You know what I'm talking about? Like we went, we went big. We did. Mariachi followed us everywhere. We walked in. We walked out. It was like everywhere. We had the whole thing. My father-in-law kept paying them. More mariachi, more mariachi. We were the last ones to leave the dance floor at midnight. It was crazy. It was a world. We didn't even eat our dinner. Just sat there looking beautiful. I remember, I remember, I don't have enough time to do this, but I remember walking by some of the empty chairs. I was like, $50, $100, $150. Y'all owe me money, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks. And show up to my wedding. <laughs> but how many know it wasn't until Vanessa left the party, until we got in the car and we quieted down that we were able to have a real talk that we were able to reflect and we were able to to think back to all that God has done in our life and to enjoy our time together, enjoy our presence with one another. Um, what's that mean for you and me? Well, the world is loud and the world has all kinds of noise around you speaking into your life, telling you what you should think, telling you what you should believe. And the devil thinks it's his party and he's yelling at you and yelling at you and yelling at you, telling you who again, who you're not, but God wants to connect with you in the quiet place. So we, we look for the dynamic, but God's in the intimate and the, the, the place where you can eliminate other voices and, and maybe just hear God. That, that place of, of prayer where you can just say, dear God, thank you. God, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for just speaking to me. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for blessing my family. Thank you that you pulled me out of what I went through last time, but here I am again. Thank you, God, for honoring my wife. Thank you, God, for the gifts and talents you've given me. Thank you that I got a place to lay my head tonight. That quiet place, the quiet place of worship. Not all, we love loud worship. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan, I'm all about it. But sometimes God wants to connect with us in that, that quiet place and you just, I trust in God, my savior of the one. I'm just on and on and on, I'm just thanking God. You will never fail, I trust in God. My Savior, the one. That quiet place where you can just hear from the Lord. We look for the big and the dynamic, but God is in the quiet place. Psalm 30, or 30, uh, 73, verse 16 says, when I tried to understand all of this, and David is writing about all the problems, he says, but when I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. You wanna get out of the pit? Step into God's presence every single day. So you may have made mistakes, but I wanna get out. I made some mistakes that got me here. I wanna get out. The first thing I need to do is get a physical recovery. The second thing we gotta do is step into God's presence. And the third thing is step into your true identity. Number three, step into your true identity in 1 Kings 19, verse 13. When Elijah heard it, the whisper, he pulled his cloak over his face. And he went out and stood out at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. What happened? Elijah lost his swagger. Elijah lost his confidence. He, he's, he's, he's covered himself up. He, he's, he's, he's covering himself and oh, everything's happening and they're after me, they're after me. He, he forgot who he was. That happened when, King, when Queen Jezebel 
sent a message. I'm going after you. He lost his confidence. Um, about last year, after a Sunday, I gave a message. And I thought I, I, I loved the message I gave and got a lot of encouragement afterwards. And, and people were sending me messages and it was, it, was a, it was a blessing and I was blessed and I pray the Lord was glorified. Later that afternoon, I'm scrolling through Instagram and, and we, we posted a video, a clip from, from the message. And I remember watching it going, ah, I don't like the clip. It, it, it didn't make sense to me. It, it actually sounded wrong the way that we posted it. And I thought, I don't know if I want people to see this. The second I said and thought that, boop, a comment came up. And it was a guy, and, and, and God bless you if you're here. Don't worry about this. This is, you know, this, it was a comment. And the comment was, this is terrible. This doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, that, brother, I know. I know. And so I, I called our team. I said, hey, we, we got to take this thing down. I don't like it. And, and, and I, I normally don't struggle with confidence. You can ask Vanessa. Uh, but for about an hour, I did. For about an hour, I was like, oh, my, oh, my, ah. It's terrible. I'm exposed. <laughs> they all know I'm a fake. They all know I'm not good. They don't, they don't like the words. They don't, they don't like what, it, I, I messed it up. I'm just, it's, oh man, they're not gonna, they're, they're gonna compare me to this, this and that. And I just, for about an hour, my, 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 I lost my identity because my identity was now in what other people were, were saying and thinking of me and I was struggling. But thank God, after about an hour, I realized that my identity isn't in what anybody else says about me and neither is yours. My identity is solely in who God says I am. My worth, my identity, my, 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 my sense of security is only found in God's word and who Jesus says I am. And Jesus today says you're loved. Jesus says today that you're called. Jesus says that you're forgiven. Come on, clap your hands and by faith you believe that. He says you're called, you're forgiven. Jesus says you're anointed. Jesus says I've chosen you. Jesus says, I've paid for your sins. You're powerful. You're set apart. You have the righteousness of God that covers you by the grace of Jesus. You're more than the conqueror. You're a child of the Most High God. Eleanor Roosevelt said that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So you want to step out of anxiety and depression, out of the pit, you step into your true identity, who God says you are. Here's four, I got five, and the piano's playing, but I'm gonna to get to it. Number four, step into your God-given purpose. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came, Elijah, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king of Aram, also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Here's what the Lord told Elijah. I need you to go back and do the work I've called you to do. I need you to go back and remember the work that I've called you and appointed you to do. Get back to your purpose. I know you're hurting. I know it's been painful. I know you've been down. But I need you to go back to your purpose. To get back to making a difference in this world. I want you to know God, grow in this community, and then go make a difference. There's a story of a psychiatrist, true story, who went to Cambodia, and in 2001, they came to Cambodia with this antidepressant medicine. They were gonna give it to Cambodia for the first time. And the doctors there, the local physician said, oh, we already have that. And the psychiatrist said, what do you mean? We, we just made this, we're bringing it to you brand new. He goes, no, we already have antidepressants, but instead of 
showing them the medicine, this local villager from Cambodia began to tell a story of a, a farmer that worked in rice fields. And he said, there, there's a man that was working in the rice fields and he stepped on an old landmine and unfortunately it, it took off his leg. They went to the, the doctor and they gave him a prosthetic and he went back to work, but the pain was so bad and the pressure was so much, he didn't want to go to work. And he kept trying and trying, he was crying every day and then the, the memories of what happened were surfacing and he just fell into a deep depression. And then we came together as a village and one of the doctors said, you know what, if he was a, he was a dairy farmer, he wouldn't have these problems. And so the village came together and they bought him a cow. And they brought him the cow and said, now you can not, no longer be a, a, a rice farmer once you go begin to become a, a dairy farmer. Two weeks in, the man stopped crying. One month later, the depression started to leave. Six months, sadness completely left. And they said, that's our antidepressant. We gave him his purpose back. He can make a difference in this world again. Psalm 57, two says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And someone needs to hear this today. God has given you a great purpose. He's given you a great purpose to make a difference in this world. He's given you gifts and talents. That, that's why I love Life Class. Life Class is next Sunday. We do, we, we do it once a month where you can find out your gifts and talents and, and how has God knit me together and, and what am I supposed to do with, with this world? And when I say, you, you gotta get your purpose, step into my purpose, I'm not talking about go try to make the most amount of money you can make. No, I'm talking about go help people. Go find a problem and bring a need. Go bless the Lord. Go serve God's people. Go, go, go glorify Jesus with what he's given you. You got a purpose to make. I want to step out of the pit. If I want to step out of the pit. I got to get a physical recovery. I got to get into God's presence. I, I, I got to step into my God-given identity and I got to step into my purpose. And here's the last one, number five. I'm getting out of the pit today. I want to step into a brand new community. There's a meta study, which is a study that studies all the other studies. And it looked at mortality, death rate, and it said that um, people that isolate die at a 33% higher rate at an early, early age. You can isolate from people. The death rate just whew, increases by a third. You're gonna die young. And so look what Elijah does at the end of the story. 1 Kings 19, 19. So Elijah went from there and he found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and he threw his cloak around him as to say, I need some good people in my life. And no matter where I go in the future, I'm not going alone. And, and most of you in these next couple of days, you're, you're not gonna be alone. Holiday weekend and maybe you will, maybe you won't celebrate 4th of July or maybe you'll be at the barbecue, maybe you'll be at the beach or maybe you're gonna fight the crowds, you're gonna get your spot. It's 4th of July, a day marked by independence. You got the ice chest filled with your cold waters, clearly. And your chair and your spot with your grill that isn't that big, but it's enough for one person. Bigger in the picture. (laughs) 
what we got? One slider? What do we got? <laughs> but as I was writing this message, I started to think about this weekend and think about people surrounded, maybe at a party, maybe at a celebration, sitting in your favorite spot. And it got me thinking about 4th of July and more specifically the Statue of Liberty. Because the Statue of Liberty was given to us by France in 1886. And they sent it to us as a friend, as a partner, advocating for independence and liberty for all. But something that's unique that maybe you haven't heard, maybe you have, but in my study I found, I thought was really interesting, is that the designer and the architect of the Statue of Liberty decided, you know what, I don't want it just to be about independence and just about liberty, but I want it to mark freedom as well. And so at the bottom of Liberty's feet are broken shackles, broken chains. And so Liberty is standing on a marker of freedom. But let's fast forward to two days from now and there you are at the gathering in a room filled with people at a beach, hanging out, music's on, everyone should be excited and jacked up, but there you are potentially still trapped, feeling isolated, alone, and stuck in the pit called anxiety and depression. And my heart breaks for you. My heart breaks for you. But that's why God's word says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so I'm gonna end by, by reading something because I wanna say it like I wrote it and then we're gonna pray, we're gonna worship. Some of our locations will. Some of our locations will do communion together. Stick around for all of it. And just let God minister to your heart. But I wanna end with this and then we'll pray. If you're someone who's been struggling with anxiety or depression or even thoughts of suicide, you're not weird, you're not strange, and you're not alone. Something is off though. And you may have made some mistakes or maybe someone else made mistakes that really hurt you. You need to know that there's hope for you. And you can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, decide today to step out of the pit and into the hands of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And he wants to give you a brand new community to belong to called the family of God. He wants to give you peace today. And that invitation is for every single person at all of our locations, all of those watching at a later day, everybody in the room right now, in Oahu, El Cajon, City Heights, San Marcos, Chula Vista, wherever you are, if you're in the pit, Jesus wants to get you out. He wants to set you free today. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can be in your presence. That's part of the process. We gotta get physically recovered. We gotta step into your presence. We have to step into our true identity and not care what the world says, but care solely what you say about us. And you've called us to salvation today, to healing today. You've called us healed. We gotta step into our God-given purpose to go make a difference in this world with the gifts and talents you've given us. And we gotta get into a new community, the, the family of God. And so as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you need to step into something brand new with Jesus today, step out of anxiety and depression, that pit that you feel like you haven't been able to get out of, but today is the day freedom comes to your life. So that's you right now before I even pray.
I, I just want you to lift your hand. Just lift your hand. Before we even pray, if you need to get out of the pit right now, just lift your hand. Keep it up. Right now, all across the room. Come on, with every, every bit of boldness and bravery. Everyone's heads down, eyes closed. But if that's you, all of our campus, just lift your hand. I'm gonna give you, a, give you a few moments. Lift your hand. You've been struggling with thoughts of suicide, taking your life. You, you just thought, I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm depressed. You can put your hands down. I want you to pray this prayer in the quiet of your heart. Just say, dear God, I admit that I'm struggling today. I admit that I failed. And I admit that I've sinned. But I believe that you can set me free. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you love me today. Get me out of the pit. Set me free. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Give me new purpose, a new identity. I want to be in your presence every day. Give me a full physical recovery. Give me a new family, the family of God. Now again, as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, on the count of three at all of our locations, I want you to lift your hand up if you prayed that prayer. Because there's more people that didn't raise their hands that just prayed that prayer. And it's a sign, it's an anchor, it's a flag in the ground, it's a stake saying, today's the day I'm not going back. I'm finally free because of what Jesus has done in my life and by the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's your decision today, if you need to make that declaration for yourself, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up across the room, all across our campuses. Awesome, God bless you. So thank you, Lord, for every single decision, every single heart that's being lifted, every single life that's being changed. We thank you that we have been set free. It's for freedom's sake that we've been set free. And so we bless the name of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Everybody said, amen. 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 Amen.